delivered on your conscience. Pilate was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, again, I thank you for this day. Thank you for this season of Advent, this Christmas season. God, thank you for giving us yourself. God, to dwell with us, to make us alive in your name, for your name's sake. God, thank you for the offer and the gift of forgiveness of sin. God, that we can stand before you completely justified, completely blameless. Thank you, Jesus. We didn't earn that, but it was a gift from you. And God Almighty, I thank you for it. God, I also thank you for this opportunity to give back to you a portion of our many blessings. God, you're so worthy of it. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of our affections. You're worthy of our singing. You're worthy of our time. what we give today be sown into your kingdom for your name's sake. Lord, you bless now both the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now invite our ushers to come forward.
seated. Abby, that was beautiful. Really appreciate it. Abby and Matthew Rawberger, and uh, appreciate their beautiful voices. They both are music majors, and we're blessed to have them here in Gadsden First Methodist Church. Uh, powerful voice. Tyler and I were going to sing back up with her this morning, but we thought that might mess it up, so we, we opted out on that. Absolutely beautiful. Fall on your knees. Praise the Lord. Y'all know we lost a good one this week. We had services uh, Friday of Fred Sington. So we remember Joyce this morning and her children, Cheryl and Lee and uh, Freddie, Freddie the third. And uh, but anyway, we celebrate his life and thank God for Fred Sington. Also want to share with you that Allison Casey, Mark and Allison, Allison lost her dad rather abruptly on Friday. So they're going to have a service today. So Ken and Peggy aren't with us today, but they'll be having that uh, service this afternoon. They wanted to go ahead and have it before Christmas Day. So remember the Casey family, and especially Allison. She has one brother, and they grew up in Section, Alabama. So the funeral will be this afternoon up in Section, Alabama, and that's where all the Casey's are this morning, including Ken and Peggy. So we remember her this morning. Tough times. Uh, I always say it every year, but the holidays are extremely tough for some, and absolutely joyous for others there's, there's just a lot of extremes this time of the year and that's happening in your lives as well uh, there's joy of family you hadn't seen in a while and uh, but then there's also family that are not there and so we accept that but in the midst of that we're reminded Emmanuel God with us and God came and he still comes right in the middle of our lives whether there's extreme joy or whether there's extreme sadness he says I'm there I'm here this altar is always open. If you want to come and kneel down this morning and uh, pray together, I invite you to come as we go to the Lord together. Almighty God, we do praise you. And the song reminds us to fall on our knees. And thank you, God, that we can. You allow that in our hearts. Our, our hearts would bend knees and come before you and praise you and glorify you. On this Christmas Eve, to celebrate that our God Thank you for blessing us at Christmas, blessing us at Easter. Both are welcomed by your children. And so we praise you, God, for Christmas, and we praise you, God, for Easter. We ask you to continue to bless us, God, and this day I pray you'll bless. I know there's a lot of family. I, I've seen sons and daughters that are here and grandchildren that folks hadn't seen in a while. And I thank you, God, for that extreme blessing. Lord, I also pray for those whose emotions are at one end or the other. And uh, it happens to all of us this time of the year. seems like we have moments that we tear up and we're not exactly sure why. And, and then we just burst out with joy and the tears flow. And, but we have tears of sorrow and tears of joy. But we know that you're there with us in them all. So we pray for that. God, we pause this morning and, and thank you for Fred Sinkin, who touched a lot of lives, including mine. I thank you for the friendship I had with him, and I ask you to bless Joyce and her children this morning. God, we also pause right now and pray for Allison and her mom and her brother uh, as they uh, celebrate and thank God for the life of, of her dad this afternoon. Come Holy Spirit, come. Come Holy Spirit to them in a beautiful way and help them through this time. 
give them strength and courage in the midst of the sorrow and the pain. Remind them that you are the resurrection and the life, and in you we have hope. So we praise you this day and thank you, God. Be with all those this day who may be mourned for whatever reason. We thank you, God, for your grace to be with us no matter what. And one thing we can count on is that Jesus Christ is Lord all day today. And he will be Lord tomorrow. And he will be Lord forever. That's what we bank our eternity on. And that's who we put our trust in. So we praise you, Jesus, that you are Lord of all. Continue to bless in this service. May everything that is done, may the beauty of this sanctuary, may the songs and the laughter and the hugs, uh, the music, the prayers, the preached word. God, may it all be used to glorify you and to praise you for who you are. You are Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the strong Son of God, and we praise your holy name. Continue to bless throughout this day. We ask for your anointing not only this morning, but this evening as we share together in communion. Please come, Holy Spirit, come and do the work that only you can do inside the human heart. And we welcome you to do that this morning and this evening. Bless us all. And now, church family, join with me as Jesus taught his disciples, saying together, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done.
this time we invite the children to come forward and we will go to Children's Church.
said amen. Praise the Lord. Beautiful music this morning. It's Christmas time. And we talk about the heavenly host, and they were singing this morning, glorifying God. I meant to mention that the beautiful roses are here also, as we remember old number 76, Fred Sington. And uh, there's a lot of red and houndstooth stuff. I don't know why. If you don't know, Fred Sington played football at the University of Alabama, and you may not know this bit of trivia. I shared it on Friday, but uh, he, uh, he was also a field goal kicker. And Paul Bear Bryant came to University of Alabama in 1958. In the very first game, Fred kicked the field goal and scored three points, which was the first three points in the Paul Bear Bryant era. So I didn't know if y'all knew that. That was kind of cool. But anyway, beautiful, beautiful roses this morning. Joyce asked us to share them this morning. So praise the Lord. Let's fire his and let's pray just a moment. Almighty God, we love you and praise you. Thank you already, God, for just a, a beautiful time of worship to be with you. And now we ask that you close us in and let us hear what the Spirit has to say. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of the sermon this morning is Miss America and World Peace. Now we have two, not Miss Americas, but Miss Alabamas in our congregation, Pat Martin and uh, Kelly Carr, they both were Miss Alabama. But so this sermon is about world peace. And so I'm going to make reference to that in a moment. If you read the 3D devotion, you kind of know where I'm going with it. But first want to share with you and take you back to Israel about three years ago. Many of us, about two people I'm going to mention this morning that are here this morning, that we went to Israel. Two of my Israeli buddies were Miss Laura Condra and Miss Beth Kimball. And as we toured Israel and we drove along the highway, oftentimes our tour bus would point and you would see shepherds off at a distance. And we rode through Palestine. And it's still a, a tough way to make a living, especially today with the lands are more controlled. And so you just don't see that many wandering shepherds. But we, there were a few. And uh, one of the ways that... Uh, they can make extra money is for you them to come in and the tour guides will bring them in and they did with us and so they had on the garb and it, the, it looked like they were in the Christmas setting so the shepherds 2,000 years ago in the days of Jesus and if you go all the way back 3,000 years King David was a shepherd boy and so I thought about that as we watched the shepherds and as they came in and brought their camels because you could pay to ride a camel and that's how they made a little extra money and so can you picture Miss Laura Condra and Beth Kimball sitting up on a camel <laughs> waving we've got pictures I mean and Miss Beth even wore her camels from Israel she's got them on right there so be sure and see her camels but well, they were up there riding on those camels we're about to read about the shepherds why did God choose to pick these shepherds out just randomly and an angel shows up. Two or three of our 3Ds this week, Mark and Sheila both mentioned about the angels, that we have a lot of angel connections in the Christmas story. And just remind you, you know, there are three angels that we know their names. I think they all had names, but in the Bible, there's Gabriel was the one that we know around the Christmas time. And then there is Michael, the archangel Michael. The other angel that's named is Lucifer. But I think all of them have names, and even this heavenly host, perhaps all of them had names. But let's read in Luke, the second chapter, verses 8 through 20. 
Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. And I would have been too. You can only imagine there was probably a fire going there, and perhaps they'd been talking about how long the day was, or maybe they'd missed their family for several weeks. Maybe they'd been out trying to find green pastures and feeding the flock, and they were having conversation, you know, just like we would. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up. I'd be afraid too. But then the angel said, as often they do, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. And again, we can only use our imagination of what that would have been like for them to look around and, and see this heavenly host. And they began to praise God. And they said, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace. On earth, peace and, and goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven. Again, I, I can't imagine what they were thinking as they watched all of this. They go off up into heaven. That the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem. And by the way, tonight the devotion I'm going to share before we have communion is because of Bethlehem. So they said, let's go to Bethlehem. And let's see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger now when they had seen him they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds I like this line but Mary kept all of these things and she pondered them in her heart again I, I, I cannot imagine what this young mother she thought, carrying God's son and all this activity around this son, he's just, he just my baby. And Mary kept all these things and she pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they'd heard and seen that were told them. Again, if you read the 3D devotion, and I looked up on the internet because I was curious, of this question, and I found this question on the internet. Do all beauty pageant contestants answer world peace in their interviews? Or is that just a stereotype? Well, it turns out it is just a stereotype. It is not true that all beauty pageant contestants claim that they wish for world peace. But movies, TV shows, and comedians have made it sound as if all contestants say that. One of the most recent movies, probably about 10 years old, and I've seen it two or three times, is Sandra Bullock, if you remember, and I'm getting some nods and some grins, and she goes and she has to become a contestant in this big event because there's a terrorist attack going to happen, and so she dresses up and so forth, and she ends up winning, and of course they trained her and trained her and trained her and had a difficult time, but they said that when they ask you questions, anything in the interview, no matter what you say, just end with world peace and it'll be good. And so... She did that, and you know, she gave some great answers, and the crowd's just sitting there, but when she finally, oh yeah, and world peace, and the crowd went berserk. 
But it's not true that they all say that. Although, to believe and to hope and to pray for world peace is a good thing. And we have angels telling us, and on earth, peace is going to come. The heavenly host in this passage here, they're saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. And we know that the prince of peace did come. So I want to ask you two very important questions. And we'll just talk about them and read several scriptures that the Prince of Peace shared with us. Is it possible for our earth to experience peace? World peace? Have you seen it in your lifetime? I haven't. Have we seen it in the earth's existence? No. So I'm going to go ahead and just say, no, it don't matter how many people we put in office hoping that that will happen. Chances are, world-dominant peace is not going to happen in our lifetime as the world is right now. It will one day, but not until the Prince of Peace comes back. The second question is this, though. This is the good news. Is it possible for you and me to experience peace in this world that we live in? I'm going to go indeed, yes. I'm going to give it away. It is. You're in a world that's not going to have world peace. It's always going to be North Korea. There's always going to be trouble in the Middle East. We're told that in the scriptures. But in the middle of all that, is it possible for you to have peace? This is a one-point sermon today. It's possible for you and I to have peace with the enemy. I give you these words of Jesus to, to show the differences here. Because again, we have to look at all scripture. Jesus said this in Matthew 10. Jesus said, do not think that I've come to bring peace on the earth. I thought we just heard the heavenly host singing peace on earth. And then Jesus said, do not think that I came to bring peace. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. What? He said, for I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. So what does he mean? The fact that we've decided to follow Jesus and others don't want to have anything to do with him means that inevitably we're going to encounter trouble in this world. And Jesus said you would. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Those who oppose, those who are opposed to Christ's rule will be opposed to those who follow Christ. We're seeing that more and more, and it's always been that way. It's an extreme, even in Jesus' day, when the Romans had authority over everything. Was there world peace when he showed up? No. Was there when he left? No, they crucified him on the cross. So what does Jesus mean? Why is he telling us this? And then listen in Matthew 24, and if you want to hear his words about details about the end times and the second coming, you can read all of Matthew, the 24th chapter. I'm just going to read a small portion of it. And Jesus answered and said unto them, that is to the disciples, because they asked him, because he prophesied that not one stone would be left upon another in the city of Jerusalem. But he had just said that. And they said, well, when, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming? And what will be the sign of the end of the age? So it was three questions. And so Jesus answers those three questions in Matthew 24. And most details we have of him talking about him coming back. This is some of his words. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, 
For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they'll deceive many people. And you will hear of wars and of rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all of these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation. We see that every night on the news, every morning on the news. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom will rise against kingdom. There will be famines. There will be pestilence. There will be earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. Jesus said these words. So Jesus warned that there would be wars and rumors of wars, and that they would go on for ages before the end of the world comes. But again, what's he talking about that we can have peace? I'm glad you asked. Because again, the good news is, is even though we know this truth from God's word because God's been honest with us and he's told us, but yes, you and I can have peace in this world. And this is what Jesus said and this is what he meant because he told these words to the disciples in John 14, 27. And he still declares them to you and I. And I hope you receive this today. Jesus said, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I want to leave it with you. I want you to have peace. My peace, I leave with you. I want you to have it in this world. I want you to have this peace. My peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives it. The world peace don't look too good. My peace that I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled and neither let it be afraid. And probably in uh, Philippians is the best detail. And in fact, I had a conversation with someone about two or three weeks ago. Their lives were in turmoil and all kinds of issues and problems. And I, I said, you know, but in the middle of all that, you can still have the peace of God. And I quoted to him this passage in Philippians 4, 6 and 8. Paul said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, the peace of God, which surpasseth our understanding, our ability to understand it all. It goes past that. The peace of God, which surpasseth all understanding. Listen to what it says that this peace can do. It will guard your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus. That is a powerful thing. Something that can go beyond what you can grasp and fully understand. But when you come before God and you praise Him and you glorify Him and you thank Him, that peace that comes and it guards your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. And so I pray this Christmas, I pray that you have this peace. I know we've been talking about the four candles on the Advent wreath, but me and Tyler could preach a thousand sermons and never get a hold of all the love and the joy and the hope and the peace that can come from Christ. It's inexhaustible, but it's found in a relationship. Why did God include the shepherds in this Christmas story? Maybe to remind us that Jesus is our shepherd. We are the sheep of his pasture. And so we see all the visual. And Jesus said, I am the great shepherd. So I'm telling you again, the one point sermon today, is it possible for you to have peace in the midst of this world we live in? And the answer is yes. And it is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ and no one other. You can't have this kind of peace got the visual of the shepherds in there you got you see Miss Laura Condor riding on the camel her and Miss Betty world peace 
So in closing in this sermon, I want to do something a little different. I want to read the 23rd Psalm to you. I've said and preached many, many times from the 23rd Psalm, and I've said before that the most important word in the 23rd Psalm is the word my. And you're able to read it and say, the Lord is my shepherd. That's what he has to tell us. So hear the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I have no lack when I have need. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And he leads me beside the still water. He restores my soul. Oh, he restores my soul. Does your soul need restoring? He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you hear in these words, and most think that when David wrote this, he was probably well on up in years, a mature spirit. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. You ever experience that in this world that doesn't have world peace, but yet your cup can run over right in the middle of it? It's because the Lord is your shepherd. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I love the confidence of which he says the last line. And I, I pray that you too have this confidence today. And I will dwell. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Forever. Your peace and my peace found in a relationship with the shepherd, the Messiah, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. It is through him that we have peace. And I pray you have this peace today. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we love you today. We know that you sent Jesus to save us from our sins, and we know that when we receive that powerful gift of salvation, we have peace. Oh, God, I pray that you would pour out your peace upon us in celebration of relationship with the Messiah. We thank you, God, for being honest with us and truthful with us. And we thank you that we can experience peace that surpasses all understanding and that has the ability to guard our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. And it is in his name that we pray. Amen. would ask that we would stand together and sing the closing hymn, Away in a Manger. It is hymn number 217. Stand together, 217. The altar is open always.
share with you two or three